0: Good morning and welcome to City Gates Baptist Church Online. In the last few weeks and in the coming few weeks, we're going to be looking at issues of life and how we are dealing with life. In these days, it can feel more like life is dealing with us rather than we are dealing with life. But this isn't new. Since human beings have existed on earth, they've had to handle everything that life threw at them and deal with all the issues of life. Today we're going to think about a question that was asked by a psalm writer several years, several years, several thousands of years ago. And it's a question that's been asked by Yahweh's people down through the centuries. The question is this, from where will my help come? So let's hear the psalm in which the psalmist wrestled with life's issues. It's Psalm 121 and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. A Song of sense. I lift my eyes to the hills, from where will my help come? My help comes from Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Yahweh is your keeper. Yahweh is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Yahweh will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Yahweh will keep your going out and your coming in from this time and forevermore. Now, let me give you a bit of background in order to help our understanding of this Psalm. The songs of Ascents, which are Psalms one hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty four, were used by the Jews at the times of pilgrimage from wherever they lived up to Jerusalem to worship and to attend the festivals. And Jerusalem was built on three hills so no matter which direction the Jews were coming from on the way to Jerusalem their journey always involved an ascent and the more so as they got closer to Jerusalem itself. So that explains what the songs of ascents were for. However while on the way towards Jerusalem The pilgrims would have had to pass many hills where pagan shrines had been located and robbers and murderers could suddenly descend from those hills to attack the defenceless pilgrims. So the pilgrims looked to the hills with dread. Travel was very dangerous in those days, especially for those who travelled alone. Pilgrims on the way to Jerusalem were an easy target for the robbers and the murderers who made rich pickings from those pilgrims. For the vulnerable pilgrims, Yahweh the living God was their only source of help when the robbers attacked them, and the pilgrims feared for their lives on their journey to Jerusalem. But that did not mean that Yahweh would always prevent any physical harm from coming to his people, and the Sarists were simply not that naive in order to believe it. It may seem strange to us in the prosperous and relatively unfreatened West that the psalmists were so frequently in danger and crying out to Yahweh to save them. It should also be remembered that travel was much more dangerous in those days as indeed travel is still dangerous in many countries of the world today. We also need to remember just who it is that they were calling to come to their aid. It is the creator God Yahweh whose plans and purposes would be fulfilled. And we'll think about that in just a few minutes. Welcome back. We are thinking about life in the days of the Psalmist who wrote Psalm 121 and how he and all the people handled life's issues. In the Psalms and elsewhere A slipping or sliding foot is a frequent description of a serious misfortune or of a terrible catastrophe. Let me give you two examples. Psalm 38 verse 16. For I pray, only do not let them rejoice over me, those who boast against me when my foot slips. And likewise, Psalm 66 verses 8 and 9. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. In the mountainous regions in which many of Yahweh's people lived, a slipping or sliding foot was a very well-known and meaningful expression because great care was needed when walking in or around these mountains since one slip could result in a long and disastrous fall. So, What the psalmist was speaking of here was not a minor slip that did no lasting harm, like a sprained ankle for example, but rather a disastrous slip that resulted in serious injury or even death. Likewise today people who walk the hills of Scotland need to be very aware of that very same danger, for just like Israel in those days, walking in Scotland's hills today could have terrible consequences if there is a slip. In a country where one slit could mean disaster or death, the foot was used as an illustration for the whole body, and indeed, for the whole of life. Now, Yahweh's protection of his people did not guarantee that bad things would never happen to them, but rather it guaranteed that they were ultimately safe with Yahweh, whose eternal purposes would be fulfilled, no matter what might happen to his people on earth. Yahweh's protection meant that his people had no fear even in the darkest valley of death as the psalmist wrote in Psalm 23. Yahweh does not sleep or slumber so he is never taken by surprise. The world's current situation and resultant fear over the coronavirus did not sneak up on Yahweh's blindside. It did not catch him unawares. And even though Jesus had to sleep Yahweh in heaven does not need eight hours every night. Yahweh himself takes full responsibility for our well-being. But as modern day disciples of Jesus, we should not be careless nor reckless in what we do and in how we live. We have a responsibility as modern day disciples of Jesus the Christ. And we need to think about what Yahweh's protection actually means for us. We've been looking at Psalm 121. As we today think about how we stay safe while the coronavirus continues to spread and to tragically kill so many people, let us think further about how Yahweh promised to protect the people of old and how both Jesus himself and the Apostle Paul followed up on Yahweh's care for his people. Verse 6 of Psalm 121 said, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Even in Scotland we understand the need of shelter from the summer sun, though in fairness we may not get very much of it. But in the Middle East, exposure to the strong sun would quickly harm people like us, who are simply not used to to prolonged exposure to a strong sun. Now let me tell you a little story. Many years ago when I was working for an electrical retailer in Glasgow during the summer some of the guys that were working in the store in the same company and some guys from the other local companies would come outside at lunchtime to play football in the car park and because it was summer and because it was hot they all took their shirts off and so did I I was promptly nicknamed the milk bottle because my skin was very white And everybody else had a tan of some kind. So you could hear things like pass it to the milk bottle or that was rubbish milk bottle. Anyway, by the time Thursday came and I'd been playing outside in the sun for four days, when I went back into the stores I realized that my body, upper body, was burning. I was beginning to get sunburned even with such a short exposure on each day. How much worse would it be in the Middle East? However, in the Middle East where skies can be very clear, the bright moon could also cause damage to people. Such was moonstroke, or as it was often called, moon madness, where the eyes and face of a person could be permanently damaged if that person slept out in the open under the moon. Prolonged exposure to the moon could also seriously affect a person's mind which could also be affected by the full moon even without direct exposure to the moon itself. Now you know that the word for the moon is lunar and that's where the word lunatic originally came from. The people of the Middle East understood the dangers of the sun and the moon and verses 5 and 6 of Psalm 121 would have been very meaningful to them. And Yahweh's people would have found comfort in those words. But does that mean that the people of old could camp out under the sun or the moon and that Yahweh would protect them from sunstroke or moonstroke? No, of course it doesn't. And we'll think about this in just a few minutes. Welcome back again. So let's come to think of the central reality of what Yahweh's care for us does mean and what it does not mean. In verse 7 of Psalm 121 it says Yahweh will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. This is a wonderful promise of Yahweh that no evil of any kind can sneak around the blind side of Yahweh and do us harm. So this is personal. Yahweh is the one who keeps you safe from evil. Yet we must keep in mind that while Yahweh keeps us from the evil that would drag us away from Yahweh and destroy us that does not mean that hard things, difficult things and accidents cannot happen to Yahweh's people. Nevertheless this psalm with all its proclamations and promises needs to have one question asked of it. Is it real life? Bad things happen to all people, including Yahweh's people. So is this psalm unrealistic, and is it pretending some kind of unattainable ideal? Under the old covenant, Yahweh's people never lost sight of the circumstances through which they were passing, but their eyes, their vision, their hope were always in heaven and always in the future. Israel of old was primarily future-focused, as they awaited their Messiah, and as they anticipated the promises of Yahweh being fulfilled. Regardless of the hard life that people are living today, and we need to help other people when we possibly can, Yahweh's promise to us is that everything will be okay in the end. Evil will have its day, but Yahweh reigns, and his will shall prevail in the end. When Jesus ushered in the new covenant he brought a now dimension to Yahweh's people who were primarily future focused. Luke tells us in Acts that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And Jesus' disciples were witnesses of that new now dimension because they were with Jesus and they saw firsthand what he did. Our tendency today is to focus on the now and lose sight of the not yet. We tend to lose a heavenly vision in favor of a purely earthly vision. For example we tend to think that we are our life on earth is who we are and that life in heaven is something in the future When in fact we are citizens of heaven who spend just a short time in our mortal bodies here on earth. We tend to focus on the present and we tend to largely ignore the future and the bigger picture. Bad things can and will happen, but nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Paul told us that when he wrote to the Roman church. No, he said. In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And for us as Jesus' modern day disciples... Life is not about trying to avoid every bad thing that could possibly happen to us. Rather, life for us is about knowing that through all of life's hardships, through all of life's difficulties and through all of life's bad things, Jesus truly is Lord and Jesus truly reigns. It will be alright in the end. We are ultimately safe from evil because we are in Jesus the Christ and he is where our help comes from as jesus once said to his disciples in the world you face persecution but take courage i have overcome the world amen